0: We're midway through 2020. However, it seems as if they are uh, never even truly caught steam. During this pandemic, our cocoon of perfectly crafted schedules, routines, and plans has given way to uncertainties and insecurities, although not without a sprinkling of hope and this desire to make lemonade. Through this series, we'll take you on a journey through the hearts and the minds of people around the world and their unique experiences of living in a lockdown planet. I'm your presenter, Shagun Trisal, and this is Letters from the Lockdown. In this episode, we're going to hear from an ice cream lover who's embracing the lack of unnecessary human interaction. A Kolkata native shares his experience from one of the scariest cyclones India has seen in recent years. And our featured guest, Shad Shafi, gives his lighthearted take on doing stand-up in a post-Covid world. Finally, stick around for today's featured music. Our first letter of the episode is from Pegasus42. Pegasus claims to have written to us from Ba Sing Se. For those who may not know, Ba Sing Se translates to the impenetrable city and is a fictional location from the animated series Avatar. Pegasus42 is locked in with their parents and as previously mentioned, loves ice cream.
1: In the past, I've had a fair share of self-imposed lockdowns and social distancing for various reasons, like lack of dopamine, the surplus of drugs, or just the summer heat. Well, this time, it didn't bother me much because everyone else was doing it at the same time, and there was no friend saying, why don't you go out more to annoy me? But I do know the threat is very real this time. I fear for my parents' well-being as well as mine as all three of us lie in the vulnerable category for COVID-19. I believe I've been fortunate to land a job that does not require much human interaction and one that can be done remotely on the internet. So I don't mind working from home. In fact, I like it. To be honest, I never really understood the point of people waking up, getting dressed, getting stuck in traffic Only to land in a different room to do the same thing that they could have done on their computers at home. So much time, money, and fuel wasted. It would be a real tragedy if this pandemic doesn't change our work culture. Remember how happy people were that the mountains were visible from their homes and how clean the air had become during the lockdown? I fear that was a once in a lifetime moment as we forget easy. We'll be back with ten times the pollution as everyone would be racing to cover losses that they've incurred during this lockdown. Anyway, I have grown more kind to my body and mind. And this is probably the longest I have stayed sober since I started my stint with alcohol and drugs. Don't get me wrong. Drugs are beautiful. But I think I'm finally ready for sobriety. I'm going to try and do it for a year as an experiment. A lot has changed in the world. I do get that. I miss my friends, sharing drinks, joints and laughter. I miss sharing stories and hugs with each other. Some things that I will never take for granted again. I'm glad that I've grown more vocal about my love to my friends and my family. And I'm shocked at how much money I've saved during all this. God damn!
0: This letter was read by Shazneen Arethna. I have to say, I agree with Pegasus 42 on how the work culture is still years behind the times we're living in. There are days when my cab ride to a recording studio takes longer than the actual recording itself. But on the other hand, I have friends who have to travel daily for as long or even longer to get to work, and are forced to clock in 8 hours on their desk even if they can finish their work in 5. In the lockdown, particularly, there are many who are benched or even out of work, and there are also those whose workload is increased. How do you switch off when your workplace and your personal space is confined within the same four walls now? Or how do you manage the extra workload along with the increased amount of chores you're now responsible for? Let's take the example of Amrita, a 29-year-old who's written to us from Delhi work from home has actually been quite stressful for her and it has sort of forced her into thinking if she's in the right job and the right sector. However, the reality of a difficult job market globally looms over her head like a dark cloud and her employers, unfortunately, are taking undue advantage of this situation. Systems, authorities, our capitalist overlords aren't always the most empathetic after all and, indeed, Many of us will, and probably do, find ourselves in similar situations already. Speaking of systems and authorities, the next letter is from Shorya Chakrabarti, who's locked in with his parents in Kolkata. Shorya is pursuing a master's in commerce from St. Xavier's and is a coffee addict who loves fitness, photography, political debates and philosophy.
2: Who would have seen this coming? 2020 is unfolding its horrors. And we still have seven more months to go. I remember when the first case of COVID 19 was documented in the country. Rahul Gandhi spoke about the imminent pandemic, but as usual, he was taken as a joke. However, after that first case in Kerala, things started spiraling down the drain. Now, it is coming to haunt us about the things we have taken for granted. Every day is a battle against not just one of the deadliest viruses, but also against information overload. We're dealing with an infodemic. News about medical advancements, science, politics, tech, you name it. But this pandemic has also reminded us about the things we took for granted. Family time, emotions, artists, and even our freedom. People now realize the importance of mental health, too. The most striking thing about this pandemic is that this is the first crisis where people aren't just citizens, but also netizens. Other than being a good Samaritan, people now have an added responsibility of being a good netizen. As overwhelming as it can be, we are bombarded by fake news today. It is everywhere and it has become an implicit duty of the netizens to call out fake news. Coming to Bengal, if the pandemic wasn't enough, we were greeted by a Category 5 cyclone called UMFAN last week. The MET department had predicted it, but who would have known what was in store for us? No sort of preparedness was enough. It intensified from a Category 1 to a Category 5 cyclone in a matter of 16 hours kolkata had never expected to bear the brunt as cyclones normally lose their intensity shifting towards Odisha and bangladesh but this one hit us hard for a good three to four hours it was just us praying for this wrath of nature to subside the aftermath is somewhat hard to describe lanes with knee-deep water levels uprooted trees wires and lamp posts everywhere along with a sea of damaged buses and cars. A walk around my neighborhood seemed like an apocalyptic movie setting. We are in the process of healing, and that is where the collision between state and center pops up. The two aren't really on good terms, and the infractions intensify during times like these. It has become a tug-of-war, with populist measures to counter each other. But the fact remains that the Sundarbans have been decimated. The fact remains that many people who had already lost their jobs due to pandemic have now also lost their homes. However, in this crisis, Bengal is finding new ways to help its own and to help them rise. Many artists have taken to social media to raise funds. NGOs and activists are trying their level best to raise funds for rehabilitation of areas that bore most of the brunt of UMFAN. Then again, while this pandemic will stay with us for a long time, it poses questions. Questions on our federal structure that lacks communication during a crisis. Questions on the education system at large that prioritizes exams over learning and questions on our own ethics.
0: This letter was read by Arnab Bal. After we received Shorya's letter, we found out that he had managed to put his time and his almost 5,000 member large Facebook friend list to some pretty noble use. He offered his photoshopping and editing skills on a pay-what-you-want basis, raising close to 50,000 rupees in the process, and made donations to several organisations and youth groups that are working towards Amphan relief and rehabilitation. Shorya speaks of how artists and common people are coming together for people's benefit and that really is heartening. We've heard of several such stories of support in the last few months that have managed to show us that in this period of misinformation, grim news and totalitarian governance, there are good people doing some great work out there across the country. While we wholeheartedly applaud people like Shorya, I'm sure many of us have felt like beating ourselves up over the guilt of not being able to help the underprivileged or the vulnerable. Delhi-based journalist, Murukesh Krishnan, says that on good days, he feels a sense of awkwardness and guilt because millions of people are enduring difficult circumstances. But on the not-so-rosy days, there's no harm in indulging in a little bit of self-love to keep ourselves going. At the end of the day, we must all strive to become better and kinder people. To ourselves and to others around us. Moving ahead, our final letter of the episode is by our featured guest Shad Shafi. Shard is a stand-up comedian and writer from Delhi who has written on shows for multiple OTt platforms. He is confident that people who use spoons will definitely enjoy his comedy. Shard also runs a podcast called Not a Fan, and he’s locked in with the caretaker of the guest house he’s living in in Mumbai. You can follow him on Instagram at Shad Shafi. Hope this letter finds you in good health. If not, sucks to be you. I'm writing this letter to share my experiences in the lockdown because you asked me to. I'm not enjoying the lockdown because it's causing me a lot of problems and dealing with my problems is something that I don't enjoy. I was really looking forward to March as I was supposed to make a lot of money that month. Enough that I had started imagining how I would pose on the cover of Forbes with the title Richest Man in March. (laughs) Okay, maybe I am exaggerating, but it was enough for me to be sad about losing it. At first, everything got postponed because the human race likes to be optimistic before accepting that they're doomed. As time went on, more projects and shows got cancelled. But luckily, I'm privileged and don't have to worry about things like paying rent or doing house chores. I get to live in a guest house at the company my dad works for. And it comes with a caretaker. But everything's not as okay as I've made it sound so far. Since my profession relies on live shows and those won't be happening anytime soon, I don't know what to expect. I fear stand-up might be dead for a while. When shows do start, the audience will probably go for the famous ones because If we're risking our lives, let's at least do it for someone who has 45 trillion subscribers. Also, those shows will be done in half-empty rooms because of social distancing, which will ruin the experience. Things like open mics, where comics try out new jokes, will probably not happen. Why would anyone want to risk their lives only to be told they're dumb and don't get the genius of the comic's small penis joke? In addition to being optimistic, the human race is also pretty jugadu. We have started doing shows on Zoom, which works as an alternative for now, but I hope it doesn't become the new norm. Just talking to your computer feels weird, and stand-up is an art form that needs to be experienced live. My career isn't the only thing that's bothering me though. As someone who's living away from home, I'm worried about my parents since they're oldish. Something they'll obviously refute. Their health, their housework, going out to get groceries are things that keep me up every night. I can't even travel back to Delhi since both Delhi and Mumbai have high cases, and I don't want to risk catching it and passing it on to them. The only way to keep all of this from consuming me is to keep myself busy. So to feel like I have work while actually being unemployed, I've started making more videos and also a podcast called Not A Fan. I'm also talking to and video calling people I love because if it wasn't for them, I probably would've gone insane. Insane enough to write a letter to an audio show where they could've just called me and I could've said this, but no, they want me to write a letter like we're in the 18th century. But, Anyway, (laughs) that's what's happening with me. What's up with you guys? It's kinda hard to imagine a stand-up show with social distancing. I mean, a half-capacity crowd just won't feel the same. I believe that the way stand-up involves its crowd is unlike any other form of live entertainment. I'm amazed at how much more I laugh while attending a live show over a Netflix special, And the fact that there are 10 other people with worse and louder laughs than you means that you don't have to do that weird expelling air through the nose laugh and can actually throw out a hearty one. So it's that sense of community at a comedy show that truly satisfies you at the end of the evening. The experience rather than the jokes per se. But I may be wrong and Shad and I would be glad to hear about how you've been getting your regular dose of comedy in the absence of live shows. Although... To be honest, getting a regular dose of everything usual has been kind of difficult in the lockdown. Coffee beans from that favourite cafe, Friday evening drinking sessions with colleagues, weekend game nights with friends, a regular workout routine or even that easy access to packets of maggie I can definitely relate to the last one. And if you feel anxious, frustrated or even angry about any of these things, it's fine. Because we were never prepared to go into this lockdown. Neither was Neil Anthony Mukherjee, a film student from Delhi. Neil has ADHD so being forced to sit down for even half an hour has his leg shaking faster than that of a humping dog. But he's been working hard to keep himself calm and funnel his energy into writing or playing competitive Counter-Strike. Though the lockdown has prepared him for esports championships, he'd rather save his energy for film festivals and open mics. Before moving on to the final segment of the episode, a quick shout out to Udita Chaturvedi, the producer of the show, to Payal Rathaur, the audio engineer of the show, to Nishant Nagar for the theme track, and to all the voice artists who helped us lend authenticity to these letters. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Letters from the Lockdown. Or drop us your feedback, comments and suggestions at lettersfromthelockdown at gmail.com. And with that, we bring you the featured music of the episode. As always, we bring to you music that was released during the lockdown and this particular track we're about to share with you today made quite a few waves on the independent scene, not just for its aptness to the times, but also for the stunning crowd-sourced music video, highlighting the almost surreal emptiness of our cities while everyone's been locked down. Malvika Manoj, who goes by the name Mali, is a Mumbai-based musician originally from Chennai, Her simple yet introspective lyrics are inspired by people both those closest to her and those she has encountered and have impacted her. Her tunes are influenced by the classic pop of the 70s, the 80s and the 90s. And personally, I've been enamoured by her voice and music ever since she released her debut EP Rush back in 2016. And I remember playing it on loop for the best part of two weeks during my daily commute to work. And so... I'm super excited to be able to showcase her latest track on our podcast. You can check her music out on your preferred platform and follow her on Instagram at Malvika Manoj. Our featured music of the day comes from Mali with her track Age of Limbo. I'm Shagun Trisal, you've been listening to Letters from the Lockdown.